0: How you doing?
1: Exhausted. How are you doing?
0: Um I'm doing great, I guess. I mean, I you know, I can't complain. Yeah,
1: about. yeah. So so you you had a big uh a big John Waters night a couple weeks ago now.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that kind of uh was where we paused uh with our our episode creation. Um went through the John Waters stuff. Uh but I thought it went really well. It was great. It was kind of one of those career um highlights you know i mean it's it's it was a great uh, great time great time what, what was, was the ma- report what was the report on your end from from the from- same
1: it was that it was a great time so so what was he like up front and up close
0: uh pretty much what you expect i mean he um is friendly congenial curious not judgmental um opinionated um unfiltered you know just kind of real right? Yeah. I'm going to tell you what he thinks. It was more of just a general conversation kind of stuff, you know? So we, we didn't have a whole lot of time. I mean, he came in on campus and we maybe had five minutes. He signed my Funko Pop and, um, you know, we had a a nice little fun laugh and he told me a story about that. And then we just went out and did the keys. He was like, Q and A's are great because they're just like going and sitting on a couch and having a conversation with a friend. And I just thought that was a great, you know it, it diffused everything it was i felt comfortable he felt comfortable it was all good
1: it's so. awesome awesome i'm sorry i couldn't be there uh i had business in anaheim and then i had business in new orleans so now i am back here at uh point 0 uh in birmingham and uh getting uh reacclimated although that's very difficult after uh, halloween in new orleans i have to be i have to be honest uh yeah Halloween in New Orleans began on like Friday when we arrived, <laughs> there were people were dressed up every single night, Halloween parties every single night. And by the time they got we got to Halloween on Monday, I was just like, is everyone just I mean, do they burn out here
0: like it? nope, <laughs>
1: nope, not.
0: nope, I love but, uh, it. it every day.
1: Yeah, we uh, uh, we stayed in a uh, a lovely house in Treme, and the people of the neighborhood of Treme were tremendously warm and uh, uh, inviting. And we enjoyed walking around and just talking to people on their stoops, and mm-hmm. you know, watching uh, watching old men play dominoes, which was one of my mm-hmm. favorite things because you know every other word is motherfucker like that. So it's it's mm-hmm. uh, it's fantastic.
0: Yep. Yep. My people love it.
1: I will. I will also recommend to people if you are ever down that way uh, in New Orleans, there is a wonderful uh, African restaurant called Benachan or Benachan. I'm not I'm sure I'm butchering this. Uh, Some of the best food I've ever had, period, in all of my travels. It was absolutely amazing. Black eyed pea fritters, jambalaya, just just the whole nine.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things people miss about New Orleans is that, you know, there has such a Cajun cuisine kind of flair, but they don't understand that that filters out to like all these different kinds of, you know, styles and, and, um, and, and cultural recipes and whatnot. And so you can find all kinds of little treasure spots in that city. It's great.
1: And of course we had to, we had to go get some soul food. Yeah, it just an absolute got to get the greens, got to get the cornbread, sure, the mac and cheese.
0: Yeah, do you bad. remember where you went for that? I mean, you can't really go to too many bad places where you guys Oh were. no,
1: this was, this was a place uh a couple miles from the house in Tremé. We didn't leave Tremé, I know that. Uh it was just, you had to go under the interstate, I remember that. Like you go under the interstate walking. That's so. that's,
0: that's called the bridge down there. Uh, oh, yeah. it's under the, bridge. under the bridge. We yep. went
1: under the bridge.
0: Yep, there you go. And
1: uh, that's uh, also where the bulk of Domino players were were uh, hashing out, motherfuckers. uh mm. at, you gotta uh, watch
0: like, out for those dudes because on Saints game days, those are the ones that'll try to charge you twenty bucks to park under the bridge. And it's like, dude, you don't have any kind of thorny here at all, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but but here's twenty bucks, you know? But here here's
1: twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. it's absolutely. But yeah. uh, but what was what's your what's your favorite food? Uh, when you go to New Orleans, where, where, where where's your haunt? What where, what do you absolutely got to have
0: uh parkway parkway po boys um that's a must um mothers is a place that's down that's really more downtown cbd area um that's like where i would go for my soul food and stuff um Antoine's is great uh there's a couple of um places and I don't know I could keep going on this there's Chickie another great place I love um that's in um Mid-City mm-hmm. um so it's yeah I mean it just a lot of it depends Jeff really you know on where you are in New Orleans because they're all of the neighborhoods have like amazing eateries and so you know I mean <laughs> It's like really when you're there it's like I just usually go hey where where can I get some you know mm-hmm. some some good food and somebody there'll just tell you you know where to go and then you just discover the place and that's if you're back in that area it's like okay I'm going to go to that place where you know yeah where they well, told me to go
1: you know I I had never spent more than a couple of days there we were there for 5 days um and mm. you just once you get your 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 sea legs as it were because you know there's just no reason to drive in new orleans in my no, opinion you know just, i agree just, I you agree. gotta hit the pavement man because yeah. you're gonna miss something
0: or just take you know? public transportation take the trolley yeah. take it yeah i mean yeah yeah
1: you're just gonna miss something uh off a street but uh you know again i i uh indulged my jazz lp jones uh and and bought way too many records
0: uh oh <laughs> Well, vinyls back.
1: Yeah, went a little, went a little crazy on that. Some uh, found some Brubeck uh, rarities, so I was just like, yeah, you know, yeah, I could do these. And uh, of course, we went and saw unbelievably great jazz at the Spotted Cat, Um, and it was just. Yeah, what a what a wonderful again, just a wonderful time. I, I encourage people to if if you can go down to New Orleans for more than a couple days, please do. Or just for a couple days, but if you can stay an extended time, it's it's definitely definitely worth your vacation plan. Well, we're lonely PhDs. I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes. He's Dr. Joseph Watson on this show. Other than talking about the wonderful city of New Orleans and our future uh, vacation plans and eating uh, destinations, we like to talk about film. And uh, today we got a couple doozies. Uh, Doctor Watson watched Halloween Ends, directed by David Gordon Green, the finisher of this most recent uh, trilogy of Halloween films. Uh, And I went back into the uh, into the horror movie bag and pulled out Cat People from 1942, uh, directed by Jacques Turner. Is it Turner or Turner? I can't ever Turner turner yeah so it's another one of those which you you know you just pronounce it as is uh and uh anyway yes directed by jacques turner and uh we're we're, going to get into that i i want to start with uh, your film because one it is more contemporary and also i'm infinitely curious i have not watched any of the of the gordon green uh, halloween films i admire david gordon green i love his filmmaking Um, and I think that he, he always brings a very, even if he has a budget, he brings a very indie spirit and pace to his films, uh, that seems like, you know, he, he just takes care of business. And I think that that comes, that comes through in his, in his film work. So I will, I will turn it over to you, sir, for, for Halloween ends.
0: Just to contextualize, like how much of, I mean, how much do you know, Jeff, about Halloween and, and the. And the DGG, um, you know, trilogy of films like, do you know much about it at all? Do you have any kind of context? And so
1: other other than that, I, what I read years ago, originally, that they were going to pick it up from Halloween two is that correct, like the
0: <laughs> no yeah no they yeah. they yeah, they yeah, Halloween two in the in this particular Halloween timeline, mm-hmm. Halloween two didn't even happen, so like the, the oh, okay, the movie that was made in twenty eighteen is a direct sequel to carpenter's original film from seventy eight so we're just pretending that nothing else has happened mm-hmm. in any of those other like eight ten movies, right, like none of that's happened, like this is okay. a direct sequel to Carpenter's film so you have to sort of you know um be willing to play in that kind of landscape and 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 I think that's really what has been problematic for this series of films because um it's so hard to do that mm-hmm. with an iconic franchise that has such a super rabid fan base mm-hmm. that is going to demand you know certain things um so uh so david gordon green's trilogy of films um sets this up as looking at what what we would call post-traumatic horror right it's this is this is after michael's attack on laurie years ago we have a very serious tone in this movie established very quickly it's it's um basically what happens when um a traumatic event has occurred and then afterwards has one monster sort of created another monster in you know with the victim right with Lori. um so uh so david gordon's films have really been exploring this idea of how we recover from trauma and how we overcome it and michael myers has become less of a representation of you know pure mythical evil like you know um like you would have seen in carpenter's version and more the of boogeyman it yeah yeah and and i think there's still that element but he's more of a um a spreadable evil kind of that's connected to trauma right that trauma and and the nature of evil get passed along through events and experiences of of people and so with that in mind halloween ends was marketed as something unfair because it isn't what it was marketed to be. And that's what set the fan base off on a rage of anger about this movie because Halloween ends is, is probably one of the most unhalloween movies that we've ever seen. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to, to that fan base, right. They're expecting like Michael Myers kills. There's going to be like 20 kills. I'm going to see this big, you know, battle between Laurie and Michael at the end. And it's going to be, kills bang gore action you know that's the way the film was marketed Mm -hmm. and that's not what they got Mm -hmm. so um halloween ends follows the story of Corey, who is a brand new uh character in the franchise and we are introduced to what happens to you know to Corey is traumatic uh at the beginning of the movie he's babysitting and through a series of accidents the little boy that he's babysitting sitting falls down like five flights of stairs and just crashes like on the floor and dies. And it's not his fault. It's just an accident, but he gets blamed as being, you know, he gets marked as being the one who really pushed the kid, you know, like he really, he's, he's crazy. He's kind of a killer. Right. And so when you have that kind of a situation that occurs within an environment like Haddonfield where they've survived Michael Myers attacks And they're so on edge about where trauma and evil could come from. It is easy to start pointing fingers and blaming, you know, this person's evil. They're going to be the next monster. They're, Mm -hmm. you know, they're the killer. Whether it's fairly or those people get bullied, right? So we see Corey's like process through uh, how he is recovering from his own trauma of the death of that boy on Halloween and having to deal with the trauma of being labeled as that psycho kid who, right. So Mm -hmm. Halloween ends Jeff is about how evil regenerates and is spread Mm. because Corey learns how to be the new Michael Myers. And I think if there's anything that's B movie cheesy in the movie, it's, that Michael Myers is back but he's weak so he can't really do anything but through his connection to Corey he essentially trains Corey how to be a serial killer mm-hmm. that's really Michael Myers is only in this movie like 17 minutes I, I was much at all
1: I gotta be honest I was very scared for a minute you were going to give me a Wes Craven shocker moment where like there's transference
0: well I, I i do think that that's essentially what david is suggesting happens right that it's just oh, sort okay. of transferred and that that cory not necessarily to get superpowers but that he he is allowed to release the rage and and become a a, a cold killer like michael myers you know is and so with cory gains in strength michael gains in strength And, and so it, it, you know, ultimately becomes about whether or not Laurie is going to be able to stop now both of these, you know, evils. Um, And so she kind of becomes a a new kind of final girl in a way, right? She's, she's, it's the final girl concept is tossed out the window in many respects when we're thinking about her in this context. So um, Yeah, and and her character is taken totally differently. But I think, you know, the audience came in, they did not want a new serial killer. They did not want to deal with dialogue between, you know, Corey struggling with his rage. But you know what I saw, Jeff? I was was laughing at the fan base because they got so angry about it. I was like, you're not even giving it a chance. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful refrain of a movie. The structure to it mirrors everything that happens in the original Carpenter movie. And it's a perfect bookend to david's trilogy of movies it's really quite beautiful and um i i think that people miss the fact that and i haven't heard many people talking about this but a few saw it like i did this is christine he's used Mm. characters from other parts of carpenter movies and because Corey is very much like an Archie Cunningham who gets
1: interesting. So the
0: transference occurs from Christine to him. And uh, it's, it's, it's very much there, you know, and it's all, of course, you know, you can see Stephen King like wrapped in there too, but it's really kind of a, a, just a wonderful little closeout to the, Mm -hmm. to the trilogy. Well, what questions do you have?
1: Well, I I'm just, I'm curious again, as a fan of, The first the second and the third in the in the series and again number three is an anthology film so it really doesn't you know count right um but you know the again the revolutionary idea of with number with the second film was like we are going to literally pick up the same night right i mean right and again you know papa john he he was just like well you know why can't it be this you know it's just like small ideas that he came up with with halloween halloween 2 and halloween 3 and also deborah hill i'm not going to you know ap- you know at, at all dismiss his creative partner here sure um you know <laughs> so ahead of their time just so ahead of ahead of the curve you know on everything i was trying to explain to jill, jill had never seen carpenter's halloween we watched it halloween night uh while we were in new orleans uh, followed by night of the living dead she had not seen that either um and uh, oh look i'm watching you oh for the viewers the listeners at home he almost tumbled out of his chair
0: i'm so glad that, that she was able to see those movies i mean yeah i, I, I you know yeah so they're they're considered uh, so yeah continue sorry
1: but you know explaining to her that you know this is like the ur text right like this is you know final girl stuff right this is the beginning of really the beginning of this although i, I we've got to have our our uh, uh, black christmas episode at some point because the, right. the, again we've got to debate these things uh, they they've got to come uh, out a little bit more about what came first but right uh anyway you know uh, uh, the the idea of you know uh, naughty teenagers right the sins will be punished uh, you know the 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 original idea at the opening that Michael is somehow deeply wounded by seeing his sister have sex with a guy and then right. punish her right. for it. You know where does right. that come from? Right. Where does that you know? We just jump ahead in time and and it's never you know we know nothing about the parents. Is it religion? Is it upbringing? Is it you know any of these things? Does Gor- I mean, does Gordon Green? in in and uh, uh oh it's danny um
0: danny mcbride danny mcbride yeah yeah,
1: yeah. The, the, i mean who's co-writer on this you know do they try to 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 dig any of that out i mean at all the the root causes of of these things because because to me that would be the most interesting thing
0: would would be the exploration of say the way sexuality is represented in the movie or the way no no i mean
1: just going back to to that to the first night right that his his murder of his like you know again what what kind of family was this you know what kind of
0: because you, Yeah, no, there's not, I would, I would say that Rob Zombie does that, right, to whether people like it or not. But his version of Halloween is definitely an exploration of, like, Michael's home life or theorizes, like, what that was like and gives him kind of a backstory. David Gordon Green's not interested in that. It's not really, we, we don't really see, um, we don't really see that. He does do some really clever things where he has reshot not reshot, that's not the right word, where he shot additional footage, you know, the art direction, the production direction was 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 uh, authentic to the original Carpenter Halloween. Costumes, sets, mm-hmm. everything. But just additional scenes mm-hmm. that we had never seen from those original characters from the mm-hmm. 1978 film that sort of added a little bit of backstory, but it didn't do anything for Michael. It gave backstory to Mm-hmm. is town's characters of Haddonfield mm-hmm. David Gordon Green is very interested in the in in his films with looking at not necessarily so much Michael as the victims of Michael, like focusing on where is Tommy Doyle, the little boy that you know was laurie was babysitting babysitting right he's a major character in halloween kills which is the second one in this trilogy right so he's he's brought back those elements but he's sort of expanded them and really done what carpenter tells everybody to do he's made it his own right this is david gordon green's trilogy halloween trilogy and it's beautiful it's not perfect but Mm -hmm. it's beautiful um and and halloween ends is a wonderful refrain to a very storied franchise that everyone knows is not over just give it five or six years or 10 years and it'll be a netflix series at some point you know i give it three I'm going away. three years that that short amount of time Well, friday that's, 13th that's our... is coming right i mean the backstory yeah. series is coming from from it's gonna be on peacock friday the 13th yeah. yeah i mean it's it's crystal it's... lake yeah
1: is it called Crystal Lake? That's
0: what it's called. Crystal oh, Lake dear Lord. Origin Jason's story. So if you're interested in, you know, what Jason's life was like with his mother at Crystal Lake before he drowned, I you know, I guess you're gonna get that. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I, I, know. I, I
1: will give but see that's the difference between Halloween and, and the original Friday the thirteenth. Also, once the reveal on Friday the thirteenth happens, it doesn't take much to put the pieces together about what that was must have been like right
0: I, like i yeah. mean i don't know but look at know. the success of something like bates motel right that does the same thing it goes back and theorizes oh. this relationship between norman and his mother and it's like you would think by watching psycho that you can kind of put two two and two together right with right. With, the, with the mom and the son but you know bates motel really intelligently sort of unpacked that and did it in a revisionist way it was like four seasons so
1: a little bit you know, I, I mean I, i'm not gonna give it you, t- never, I,
0: know. you yeah. never know you never know
1: yeah, it got it got a little gothicky. Uh uh, sure. for, you know, for me over the top sure. gothic-y uh at one point, and I kind of had sure. to check out of it. But I yeah. I enjoyed the initial episodes yeah. uh, of that
0: show. <laughs> it was interesting. So, so so the point is that you know, this this franchise isn't over, like horror wow. franchises don't end because they're too profitable, right? So they'll they'll find a way to reboot it. So you just have to think about it as as this is, you know, this is this trilogy of of films, and so now Michael Myers will lay dormant for however long until the next <laughs> idea comes along. I don't think we're going to get a film about Corey. You know, he's not going to get like a spinoff movie. This right. it, it didn't do well at the box office, right? It like it hasn't, no, it did a it did a dual release in theaters and on Peacock. Yeah. So, but it only grossed I think about fifty million its opening weekend, which yeah. I would think is probably not as great as they were thinking it's certainly not as high as the other two and i think it's bad word of mouth people were pissed that you know that it was just a really different movie
1: well it it, based on what you're telling me too it kind of gives me the vibes of how angry the fan base was at david lynch for fire walk with me yes but yet that film has constantly been reevaluated yes. and it is a it is a fucking masterpiece yes and of-
0: people are going to say the same. you heard it here first people are going to say the same about this movie in 10 years yeah
1: maybe. I, I maybe yeah you can you can you can hope uh i again i i've got to sit down and and, and give this trilogy a run uh soon yeah you but, do uh, it's
0: good it's it's intelligent it's it's really um, it 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 is. I was very pleased with these three movies and happy with them, and I understand why the fan base was upset. But you know, that's where David Gordon Green's like true independent spirit, because like I'm going to make my films, you know. I'm gonna, and he was unable to do that, and I'm glad, you know. And I didn't feel cheated. I felt like I was mismarketed to. Mm-hmm. That's I think something that's a fan base could gripe about that is legit. You know, it's like it was marketed as a michael myers like extravaganza and and it was just a giant red herring you know michael myers is barely in the movie so that's 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 what pissed everybody off you know it's like a hitchcock the hitchcock was doing marketing shit all the time don't yeah. tell anyone the ending. Don't tell anyone who dies in the first 15 minutes. Don't ruin it for your friends. I mean, it's all marketing, it's horror history, right? It's all. They had,
1: they had these giant Alfred Hitchcock cutouts outside of theaters with his recorded voice. Saying what you just said, I just I love that image in my head. He of was a
0: brilliant marketer. He just he just understood the time and how to. Of, how to
1: people through. standing in line listening to that because he used to have, you know you used to have to wait in line a long time because theaters would only do one showing at a time in these you know three four thousand seat theaters. Honestly, and, I like it. Yeah. uh Well, we're lonely PhDs. Uh, he's Dr. Joseph Watson. I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes. We just got done talking about Halloween ends from uh, director David Gordon Green. Uh, so check out that trilogy. I certainly need to. Uh, up next, I watched a little film called Cat People from 1942, uh, directed by Jacques Tourneur, uh, produced by the first B-movie king, I think we can safely say, Val Lewton. Yes. Um, whose credits are just amazing when you look them up. Uh, cat people is the story of an American man who marries a Serbian immigrant who fears that she will turn into the cat person of her homeland's fables if they are intimate together. So this is a this film is a really naughty, naughty film.
0: It's naughty for its day, yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Very naughty and, and also beautifully shot mm-hmm. by Nicholas Masurka uh who also just in a humongous list of credits uh shot lupino's hitchhiker and also uh uh, fritz lang's blue gardenia I, i i mean he just what is what a cinematographer to have uh on this film just absolutely gorgeous script on this by a fellow by the name of dewitt bodine uh who would go on to uh write for one of my favorite I've become obsessed with a television show from the fifties, the Schlitz playhouse of stars, um, because of it spits, it's Schlitz. And, you know, I, yeah, yeah, this, I mean, this thing, live television folks used to be just an amazing experience And Schlitz playhouse of stars was in this whole thing. And, you know, Frank and Hymer and all them, they all got their start on the, on, in uh, uh, also, uh, didn't Altman do, live tv did he yes. make, like playhouse yes. what was it called playhouse 50 80
0: i think 50 yeah, yeah. Playhouse 50 but he worked um, on a ton of shows yeah yeah, yeah.
1: There, there's a very rich history uh in, where film and television meet in the early days and giving people their you know their starts with uh, everything but yeah dewitt bodine mm-hmm. uh writer uh, on this film uh probably more val luton uh than anybody else based on his output but it's yeah it's hard to hard to track that uh down the camera movement alone in this film i mean the cinematography the lighting and everything it's so amazing but the camera movement in this is so strategic so fluid so planned uh but but this is typical now they call this a horror movie i will argue for noir I will argue for this. I'll say horror noir, which also puts it in its own first categories. Although I think, I think that, uh, hangover square, uh, which is a British film is also in that sort of category as well. Kind of a Jekyll and Hyde situation, uh, with that particular film, I I would, I would like people to, to go out and, and search that one out, but, you know, film noir, all the great directors of noir, basically had everything worked out before, not only for economics, but also just for control. You know, they were just like, no, we see this clearly. We know what, you know, we know what we want to do and and we're going to go. And that really comes here, you know, from, from, you know, minimal sort of uh, 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 two shots, push in cut edit. You know, there's this wonderful one. There's this one sequence very early on where he brings her a cat. Like he thinks he's going to bring her, he's going to bring her this nice gift. And we start with the two, we cut in, we cut in on the cat, we cut back out the two, then flash in as the cat freaks out with her because it has nothing to do with her. Yeah. You know, it goes back and forth. It's just this economy of movement. Yeah. right. This, this very, and this is where people get lulled into not understanding a lot of times how hard good editing really is to pull off because when you see bad editing, you surely know it. But you know inconsistencies, inconsistencies like people flipping you know breaking the 180 rule uh, you know people you know don't you can't you don't want to shoot like a low angle and then you know switch to a way up above angle you know it's just like it's just not germane to the action of the sequence. but so that that's definitely worth looking at here. and I I just I love the idea of old world curses meeting new world religion almost right or or new new world mores in okay. this case she goes on we get this big spiel about King John and how you know they they ran all the people out you know and all the bad people out in the spirits We don't necessarily get where the curse comes from it's kind of alluded to but you know she just really in this plays to her character as well you know keeps it very internal mm-hmm. you know and, and of course the american man's like i don't believe it i don't know why you're so you know sketchy or skeptical but you know they're married i can't remember how long they're married for but at some point i you know i've been married for a long time i've <laughs> got to be honest you this. know yeah, where yeah. i'm going with this it's just like are we going to fuck or what <laughs> no person no rational married person right you know and i love it. the whole time he like he goes up to the door hello darling are you okay let me are you just, yes go away you know i'm just like i'm like man you're breaking that door down something somebody's <laughs> got to give here <laughs> and actually something does give because yes. he, he want he wants to get remarried to the to the lady who works in you know the his co-worker in his yeah. office who who it i don't know gave him a handy jay or something like i i don't yeah. you know something went down and we're one not of those like suggested hurt.
0: things yeah. yeah one
1: of those suggested things you know maybe a chaste kiss of some sort i guess yeah. is what the what the Hayes code would 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 allow to. yeah but i mean we're talking about 1942 here the sexual repression and jealousy in this film is just boiling
0: it's off the scale yeah. over
1: the tension is incredibly consistent again that's yes. why it elicits that reaction from me because i'm like oh for the love of god
0: yes yes
1: <laughs> the pool scene okay so yes so yeah. we get to and again uh, they're very very clever in this film with you know is she isn't she right is she actually turning into a cat or is she just like some weirdo <laughs> stalker
0: I have that thought about people every day.
1: I know. (laughs) The the most beautiful moment in the film is a small animated moment where she, her psychiatrist tries to seduce her and she pushes him off and they push in on her and there's just a little animated glint of cat in her eyes right before she turns into a cat and kills him. And that's got to be, honestly, I, other than the pool scene, that's my favorite moment in the uh, uh, in the film, because it, it yeah. finally it's finally like, here's the reveal like we she she does actually turn into a cat and attack people uh, and, of course, pays for it, you know. But does she you know, I that that's kind of what I'm left at the end of the film with is just like, what is the real crime of this film? You know, in, in, when you think in noir terms about stuff, you know, this is why it's tough to put it in a noir category as far as substance goes, certainly composition, but as far as substance goes, it becomes a little more, a little more tricky because there's no real crime, you know, in my opinion, there's no, I mean, she does murder the guy, but, you know, I mean, leading up to that, is she,
0: is that she. That one small thing. Yeah.
1: That one small thing. And she was yeah. going to murder the woman. Uh But you know
0: do you have empathy for her
1: yes yes because you know although you know she should never have agreed to marry the man obviously like it's just like you know uh but she doesn't she's a human being she doesn't want to be alone you know it's just like i I, you know this is this is where the movie falls apart of course is because it's just like motivations really get lost here like he would never have no he would never remain married to her <laughs> day five he of was... no sex there's yeah a she yeah, she would yeah. never have agreed to marry him like there's the there's the weird scene where they come into the uh wedding reception and they're having it at like the serbian restaurant and the the woman comes up and she's just like says something to her in serbian you know yeah. and it's just like well what did she say what did she say she, said, sister. <laughs> she called me sister it, you know and i'm just like what what and they're like well she looks like a cat and i'm just like that's our connective tissue, okay. But, but this the the the, the legs this film has is in style, yeah, sure. You know more so than so sure. So. And yeah. and also, uh, and honestly, in in religious iconography, you know, there's there's a lot going on here. Uh, that that they're slipping in, especially the quotes at the beginning and the end uh these biblical quotes about sin and how sin will not go unpunished right, um, right. and it, it's it's it just makes you question is this i, I, I this would be a jacques Turner question where i would be like you know is is this a question of european mores versus american is it you know uh again i you know i love a good old-fashioned curse story um you know gypsy curse
0: <laughs> ner you will yeah. Deaner. yeah 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 you know, sucker uh, for those stories
1: but it's also you know it's also in the universal mode of things it's the misunderstood monster
0: right right, right.
1: should should we punish something we don't understand that's pushed into something that modernity uh the modern condition really presses her to not be a uh uh you know a um, just a a, a, an old maid is it you know as it were to sort of age out uh, carrying this curse this unbelievable pressure to you know well i guess that's my other question about cat people is just like what is why does intimacy drive this and i was trying to think about schrader's film his remake of cat people and i couldn't i couldn't quite remember how he resolves that do you
0: no it's been no, forever it has I been, been to forever. Revisit. yeah i know it's i know it's uh respectful but very much a Schrader film so i'm sure you know it's going to be dealing with something internal for sure
1: oh yeah oh yeah well again you got tortured protagonist right yeah it's i like think carrying yeah carrying religious burdens you know and whatnot this has got schrader all over it
0: yeah that's the um, connected tissue right there for yeah. sure
1: but what did you what, what do you know about like what have when was, when did you first see Cat People?
0: Yeah. I mean, so Cat People I discovered with a series of films as an undergrad, uh, because they were pushing, you know, um, the classics on us like left and right. And, um, I always would pick like the horror genre, um, mm-hmm. you know, when I was given lists of things to see, um, and Val Luton and Jacques Tourneur were on the list. And so, you know, because they, I mean, so that's where I discovered Cat People. Yeah, it was in, it was in the context of like looking at style and how, um, you know, that that concept of like less is more, like less is scarier. The less you see, the more you imagine, like that kind of style was kind of invented by them, uh, or at least utilized by them for sure, uh, by their collaborations. So like Seventh Victim, uh, The Leopard Man, that's one of my like ultimate faves of of val luton's sort of oeuvre but um but yeah cat people i just found in that mix right so i think it was like a box set basically of stuff that i watched it was like six movies
1: so. it, it, and this came from rko you know In yeah rko was like this this the wicked stepchild of of the studio systems like they you know th- they had an anomaly with wells mishandled it
0: yeah
1: uh you know the ambersons debacle um uh, yes. which still i mean we'll never really know what the magnificent ambersons was supposed to really turn out like i mean i you know i've seen the cuts the various cuts of it and
0: it's a beautiful movie
1: it's a beautiful i i kind of you know have you have you ever watched the cuts of uh, arcadian like no. the different the there's like three or four different versions. I don't think so. No. Yeah, yeah. That's another interesting exercise in what could have been, mm. you know, uh, of of it, it had received proper thing, uh, time and, and money. But anyway, RKO, you know, had it built itself basically as like a prestige B movie house, uh, and they they were the home of noir. I, I mean, they just put out so much noir. Like they really wrote it in. You know, uh, Universal and Warner Brothers, they kind of, you know, other than dipping their toe in, you know, like the Maltese Falcon and whatnot, you know, they, they kind of didn't want to have anything to do with it. (laughs) Like it was, you know, it it belonged in what they would consider as like this is, this go, this is in the two reelers, you know, this is in the 70 minute films, Mm -hmm. this is in the, you know, get us in, get us out, you know, genre of, uh, uh, of pictures. But I, I love RKO pictures.
0: Yeah. I, I, it's not necessarily a negative moniker for me. I mean, um, RKO was also still doing Westerns for, you know, a number of years, very successfully. Um, so, you know, I mean, and, and they did, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure RKO did, um, some of the early monster movies, like the thing from another world. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I could be wrong. You might, you know, have to fact check me, but. Um, it doesn't, it's you know it's a studio that kind of was like a little engine that could, you know. I mean, it just kept surviving over the years, um, with and against the the majors that were trying to strangle them out. But they did some good work. It's interesting that you found such a loop with film noir. That'll be great for your class in the spring.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. it's it's no mistake that uh it's the RKO uh uh opening uh logo that's in Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? I mean You're right. It, it itself is a direct homage to RKO, you know. Films, horror films noir films right uh in subversive we could say subversive films uh of the past
0: that's fair definitely subversive
1: yeah and of course you know we just passed like uh the the rocky horror uh uh a tipping point for the year so is it can can everyone calm down now and quit having <laughs> the rocky horror balls please
0: i didn't see that many productions of it this year i mean i saw a couple that were you know trying to do the let's 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 screen the film and have you know live actors like in front of the screen and i mean oh yeah when did did you when did you first see that rocky horror picture show
1: oh my god
0: Um, did you see it live like with performers or did you just see the movie
1: i just saw the movie yeah i I think it was around the time of the 20th anniversary when they put that vhs out i think i think they did like a 20th anniversary okay because it had like a little like documentary with it uh about the phenomenon you know all that but i mean I, i've seen it oh lord at least a dozen times yeah. and i and i own the original uh, uh london cast recording which is different uh than the movie recording and in my opinion is a much better recording because it is the original cast and uh, honestly the tempo on the london recording is way faster like they are moving. Like it is, I, I just, yeah, I just, I just, I can sit and listen to the sound, the, the original London cast recording like all the time, like any Broadway show because it's just so well put together and it's so uh, 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 just instantly, you know, you can get just cheesy and, you know, have some wine and listen to the Rocky horror picture show.
0: Yeah. I, so the first time that I saw it, my brother and sister took me, And they purposefully, of course, didn't tell me like some of the things because at the time there weren't live performers, but there were people staged and positioned in the theater to do certain things during certain parts of the movie, right? Mm -hmm. So, like during the rain scene, there were shooting squirt guns through the theater, but it was Jergen's lotion, so like it would hit you, and you would oh, like what, like what What is that, right? But then there were some people who had been there before and knew what was coming. So they had like umbrellas. And so it was kind of like, oh, you had to go back and do it again with all your props and all your, you know, so that you could be the person that was in the know and not get hit with Jurgens. Right,
1: virgins, you were were called virgins. That's
0: right, you were called virgins. That's right, that's 100% correct. And so, um, yeah, so I now I've subsequently seen it on stage. Mm -hmm. It was a decent production um I've seen uh, screenings of it with live performers. I'm not as big of a fan of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know why. Maybe I'm getting old. I don't know. But I'm a, I, I like I appreciated the more William Castle kind of style of performance that the screening had when I saw it with just people planted in the audience. You could I don't think you could get away with that today though.
1: No, I don't uh, think
0: so. You imagine the liability waivers you'd have to have signed.
1: So you can get in touch with us. A number of ways you can do the easiest part of it which is subscribe to the podcast which is available on apple google stitcher and or wherever you get your pod uh needs done you can email us lonelyphds at gmail.com or you can click on the link to our discord in our show notes and join us over there and join the conversation we like to post materials uh before after during you know we're just uh you know 24 7 kind of people I don't know. That's what we do. This is what we do when we think about film all the time. And with that said, until next time, I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes.
0: I'm Dr. Joseph Watson.
1: We'll see you then.